This is the Free Lunch for Actors podcast, and we are recording, and we're about to go live on IG. We are live on IG. Great. So, we're back. We're more consistent. That's what I'm trying to go for this year. I'm trying to be much more consistent with this podcast. I mean, it hasn't even been up for a year, so we're making we're making shit work. Today's episode is going to be about what I've been talking about for like the past, I don't know, I think I started talking about it like six months ago. Today's podcast is going to be about an actor prepares. We're going to start to dive into actual acting text. So if you are watching live, this is probably going to get really boring. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how much you love acting. How much do you really love acting? Are you willing to listen to a podcast about acting at 9.32 p.m.? Or maybe you're not listening live and then you're listening to it on your commute. And uh, and it's not night. I'm sorry, I got distracted. I was waving at somebody. So today's going to be uh, about an actor prepares. We're going to start to dive into the text. Uh, disclaimer, um, if, you, uh, if, if you like study Stanislavski, um, who is the author of the book, um, and you have any problems with the way I'm interpreting the text or whatever, um, start your own fucking podcast, right? This is how I interpret the text. So, um, I mean, you can give me a message and, and ask me for shit you want to hear or things you think that people should hear if you don't want to start your own podcast. But outside of that, I would say just uh, start your own fucking podcast if you don't agree with what I say. Cool, cool, cool. All right, um, so we're probably not gonna have much people for live, but this will be uh, continuing to record on IG, um, or you can just listen to it right here, um, wherever you're listening to it, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. So also just going forward with these podcasts, I'm gonna try not to be so polished about it. I feel like I start off the podcast weird and then I'm like, nah, nah, let me re-record it again. Nah, this shit is raw. Um, Before we get into that, let me just, uh, just give you a little, I don't know, background about, I guess, another day in the life of a fucking actor. You know, it's funny because there was this uh, submission today about um, being a, a vlogger for, like, as an actor, which I thought was great. And obviously, I submitted um, hella, hella fast um, because I can vlog about being an actor. It was literally uh, just about, like, a day in, in, in the life of an actor. And I think that's just a great way to, like, I don't know, just add to the podcast. And uh, so I'm just going to be stealing from them a little bit. Um, hopefully I get the gig too, because it'll be dope and we can find too. But I'm going to steal from them a little bit and give you a little bit of context about uh, just my day and, and what it is to be like, I don't know, the, the day in the life of an actor. When I started acting, I, w- I was always curious because I was just like, how do, how, what, what does an actor do? Like, am I doing it right? Because there's really no textbook or anything like that. There's really, there's really no template for what you should be doing as a fucking actor um so i think it's always nice to like have something to kind of like bounce like your experiences off and like what you do on a day-to-day basis and shit like that so um today i drove from uh the bay area because i decided to not drive last night because i probably would have drove myself fucking crazy driving in the fucking pitch black darkness on the five all the way down um you know what i'm talking about it's just like 250 miles of just it's pure agony and it's a lot more enjoyable during the day because it's a lot more scenic even though the five isn't really that scenic um but i drove down from the bay because i had two auditions um i initially had one audition for subaru i don't think i got it which fucking sucks because i literally drove up just for that but then i got another audition for the following day right after so i was like oh cool maybe you know i'll i'll swing 500 on this and i'll, and I'll get it i don't think i got either one which kind of sucks because making the trip up there i mean the gas and everything is always so much fucking gas and there's wear and tear on the car but sometimes you got to take those risks especially like if it's uh sag scale because it pays a lot of money um and so i went up to the bay and i went to the, those auditions and i think i did pretty well like i feel confident in the auditions but i just didn't get it um and so that was just another that was just another day in the life of, of being an actor right you, you drive six hours to hopefully get a gig and you don't get it and then you drive six hours back because you have to be back. Um, and I was actually gonna stay in the Bay um, for a couple more days and try to see if I can make money up there because nothing was really happening in Los Angeles. But then I found out that I booked a gig and um, 
Yeah, yeah, no, you can, you can clap for that. I booked a gig. Um, I don't know if I can really tell you what it's for. I, I will give you a, give you a little hint. Um, it's for the mouse. And that's all I'll say. It's for the mouse. It's not anything big. I'm not on like a TV show or anything, but, but it is for the mouse. So be on the lookout for, for my face on content with the mouse. I won't tell you which mouse. You should be able to put that together. So I booked that gig. I had a fitting today and, um, I, I spent six hours driving and then I spent an hour in traffic on the way to the fitting and then I spent an hour in traffic on the way back from the fitting and it was it really sucked because when I got to the fitting, that's when I f finally realized that I had to bring wardrobe options, but it never initially said it. You know, I didn't get the email, so that kind of sucked. Um, so sometimes there's just a lot of miscommunication in this business and like, it, I try not to take it personally because I don't know, like I get so irritated so fast with like people's energy and like if I see energy just like, not being reciprocated well, like I, I just get in a funky place and I try to be nice about it um, instead of just being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because like, I, I understand everyone's going through some bullshit. I think people there were going through, through some bullshit. I mean, they were nice. They, were, they weren't awful, but you felt energy coming off. Um, and so I went to this fitting and then I have the shoot on Saturday. So I will be shooting with the mouse on Saturday. Shout out mouse. You know which mouse you are. Shout out creative artists. Thank you for the hookup um, on the gig. So that's really nice because nothing was really coming in. And I was like, bruh, I need that. I need that money. I need that rent money. Also booked something in the Bay on the 18th. So I'll be back in the Bay on the 18th. Uh, shout out Bay Area. Um, I will be there. We'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and honestly, like today, honestly, what I should have been doing today, but I was so fucking tired. And I had food and I came back and I was like, let me record a podcast. Let me not be a lazy piece of shit. I was going to go to the gym, but I think I'm on what, this is hour 19 of being awake and eight of those hours of the 19 hours I've been up, I've been on the fucking road. So I'm just, I'm tired. I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. And I'm just going to go over the line tomorrow, whatever the fuck. So I have an audition tomorrow and I have an audition for UC Irvine, their MFA program next week. So I have to like get ready for that. Also, uh, just keep submitting. Like I came back and I sat down on my couch and I was like, how do I stay active? Keep submitting. So that's just another day in the life of being, I don't know, just like trying to be a working actor. You just continue to submit, continue to submit. You go out for fittings, you go do your thing. You, uh, you try to stay sharp and, uh, have classes with the LA connection next week with improv. You try to stay sharp on all those skills. And that's just another day in the life is just submit, 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 submit. Um, I did two video auditions today. I, I completely fucking forgot about that because um, they were just so quick, quick, quick. I did one yesterday um, for a series, uh, for, for a guest we're on a series. So that is a day in the life of an actor, right? So like if you feel like you're doing that, right, but you feel like it's not so glamorous and you may think, oh shit, like am I doing it wrong? No, I mean, that's, that's literally what it is. It's not as glamorous as everyone makes it out to be or or everyone thinks it is. It's really not that glamorous. So I post a lot of shit on IG and it's always like, oh, look at all this shit I'm doing. But honestly, like those are few and far in between as opposed to like what's really happening. Because what's really happening is me just sitting on my laptop submitting and me trying to go over lines and me trying to like stay on top of acting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's fun. Honestly, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And like, honestly, when the money comes in, as long as I can pay my bills, I'm fucking happy, honestly. Like, I don't need to be rich or anything like that. Like, I really just like doing what I do. And I like the hustle. I definitely want more content in what I do. Um, yeah, so that's just a little segment. And I think I'll, I'll try to start off every podcast like that, just giving you another day in the life of what it is to be an actor. You know, what it is to just be an actor. And I think uh, something, too, that I've, I've been trying to incorporate while I'm down here is just uh, helping people out more with, uh, like, their self-tapes. So, like, I'm always, like... From now on, like I've decided that I'm always going to be the person to raise my hand if somebody needs help with the self-tape because honestly, it gets you to read more. One of the best acting advices I've ever gotten in my life is just read every day, read every day um, and read scripts every day or, or like go over a monologue every day. But I think it's better to read something that you haven't read before. It was just like constantly cold reading shit. I know that's hard because like, I mean, you probably only have only a certain amount of fucking pieces of text in your house, but read every single day keep your tool sharp by actually using it i mean you can do all these exercises and warm-ups you want but honestly keep it keep it keep it sharp by by using it by reading every single day um yeah so let's jump into this motherfucker 
I want to give you a little bit of a context about Konstantin Stanislavski. Spelt with a C. I always thought it was spelt with a K. It might be spelt with a K. Maybe the C is a, an English version. Uh, but Konstantin Stanislavski. I'm going to give you a little bit more context about this whole thing. So before we get into it, Konstantin Stanislavski and acting in general is such a privileged fucking pursuit in life. I've, I've noticed that even more since being in Los Angeles is that it's such a privilege to be a fucking actor because every motherfucker, every, everyone and their mother is asking you for money at every single turn. It's like, oh, get in front of this casting director. It's only $160. And then the next, the next person is emailing you like, oh, um, join this improv club. You know, all these greats have been to it. Matter of fact, $125 deuce. I'm kind of low-key throwing shade at LA Connection, but not really because I had signed up for LA Connection and I got in. So shout out LA Connection. But it was just, it, honestly, like at that moment, I was just I was just not having it. I was like, oh great, I have to pay you even more fucking money? What? No, no. So like, but but being an actor is such a privilege and it's been so annoying because honestly, I just want to get in the room. I just want, I just want to show people what I can do. I want to be able to act. But honestly, even my initial training at, at the state school that I went to, ended up costing me over $30,000. I mean, that was also other education too. We're talking about general education and all this bullshit. And honestly, I think the college experience is a real thing, but it still put me in debt $30,000 just to learn how to fucking use my instrument on stage. And I think it's valuable because my me going to college, like gave me the direction that I have in life today. Honestly, the people that I met in college honestly shaped the next, what? It's been six six years since I've been out of college and I, and I like I'm still acting. Not everyone that I went to college is still acting. That's not a knock towards them. It's just, it really shaped what I was gonna do with the rest of my life and what I still feel confident in I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. But it's such a privilege to act. And when I look at some of the greatest practitioners, the greatest teachers of, acting, I always see privilege and it pisses me off because I still can't relate to anyone in the acting industry. You know what I mean? I, I am starting to see more diversity in acting. I'm starting to see more representation. I mean, fucking Lin-Manuel Miranda's Puerto Rican and this motherfucker's winning everything. As a Puerto Rican myself, I feel so proud. I'm like, yes, yes, you better fucking get it. You, Like, he's a Boricua, he's just like me. He's a fucking, he's a Puerto Rican, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's fucking amazing to see and I'm, I'm so proud of him. But also, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he comes from privilege. His father was like a prominent politician in New York City, I think. That's not a knock towards him. That's just saying that like, I, identify with him to an extent. I identify with other actors and, and, and performers of color to an extent because not everyone has the same background. And I think Konstantin Stanislavski, the root of modern day, like realism, if you will, or acting, if you, or acting in general, if you will, because honestly, most, all, most, most prominent teachers in the, in the 20th century that helped spread what we know today as acting, like quote unquote realism, all spawns from Konstantin Stanislavski. If you've ever been to an acting class that dives into it, if you went to a, a, a like a program like I did, you will hear Konstantin Stanislavski's fucking name because he is quote unquote the father of modern day acting, right? The Stanislavski method, the quote unquote method acting, right? He's it. But Konstantin Stanislavski was privileged. He, I, I, I don't, I, I need to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure he had his fucking parents build him a fucking stage when he was a teenager because he wanted to become an actor and they thought it was just a fad. So they built him a fucking theater. You know what I got when I was a teenager from my mother? A request for me to get a job so I can help pay the bills. I didn't get a fucking theater built for myself. You know what I had? I had DVDs and I had Netflix when it first came out, when you can still like get the fucking DVDs in the mail. That's what I had as like my acting, like theater fetish, right? When my mom finally realized that I wanted to be an actor, like she, I mean, she, she supported me, but she didn't build me a fucking theater, right? So I can, so I can start to practice 
Um, yeah, I believe they were all privileged. They were all fucking privileged. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking facts. Um, so when when I'm when I'm pulling up an actor prepares, I think I think there are. I mean, I, I wrote so much about it, so we're gonna hit some bullet points. I think there's so much prominent shit that makes sense that I think is very valuable information to digest for the modern day actor. And I think that we all fall, like escape these basic facts, right? I do it every single fucking day. I, I have to remind myself constantly about these basic bullet points to keep myself on track because sometimes like, I get in my own fucking ego and like I'm, I'm more performing as opposed to like honestly getting like what the actual reality is uh, of like the scene and trying to like find it from within rather than like from without. I mean, people like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, like they still have acting coaches to this day just to keep them on check. And so all this information is very valuable. I just had to preface this with the fact that like Stanislavski, like he's a privileged fuck. And so are most of these people. I mean, I think his grandmother was was an actor, um, and like Stella Stella Adler, who I love. I, I fucking love Stella Adler. I mean, I, I got I got into uh, I got into the Stella Adler Studio of Acting, right? And I was so excited when I got in. I was so excited because I was only a sophomore in college, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this university thing. I'm about to go to Stella Adler Studio of Acting. I'm going to New York. And you know what? I didn't go to fucking New York because I couldn't afford it. Right? Who got into the Stella Adler Studio of Acting Conservatory? Motherfuckers whose parents probably thought it was a fad, and they were like, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll just throw a couple thousand every fucking semester for you because you know you'll get over this and you'll become a fucking doctor. No, no, no. I was trying to be an actor full time, and I wanted to go to this conservatory so bad, and I got in. I got in on my first try. I was I fucking auditioned for Tom Oppenheim, Stella Adler's grandson, who runs the company. I think to this day, I got in, and then. And then I couldn't go. So when I talk about these practitioners, there's a little bit of saltiness. There's not a little bit. I'm I'm really fucking salty when it comes to when it comes to this topic. Uh, did she work with Marilyn Monroe? Probably. I'm actually not sure. Um. So yeah. So so when I talk about theater practitioners, acting practitioners, it all comes with a grain of salt because most of these motherfuckers were privileged. And I'm not privileged. And sometimes it just makes me really mad when I see people get ahead because they can afford these $160 classes to get with casting directors or they can afford $200 a month extra to, to take an extra acting class. Like when I when I doled out the money to like get into an acting class with Doug Warrett, uh, shout out Doug Warrett, he's actually really good. That shit fucking hurt. You know what I mean? I, I was like, fuck, can I can I eat this month after this, right? Like, I have to pay my rent, which is almost a fucking solid G. And then I have car payments, and then I have to pay gas, and then I also have a phone bill, and then uh, and then food. I mean, I haven't even thought about food yet. Like, can I afford this fucking class? So, um, yeah. That's just me ranting about how, how much I think it's fucked. But with all that being said, I think we can still push through, and I think there's just a certain realism, and I think there's certain amounts of experience that people of color um, in in the acting world can legitimately bring to the table that other people don't have. Um, I, th I think there's a true rawness. I think there's a lot of true stories uh, to be told there. And I think just as actors, we bring a certain amount of like um, depth to our work. Um, so if you're poor and you're frustrated, just like me, um, keep pushing forward. So Constantine Stanislavski, this motherfucker. All right, so he was born January 1863, so it was sometime this month. Happy birthday, Constantine. I'm gonna try to abbreviate his name because that shit is pissing me off. Uh, let's call him. Let's call him C. C. S. Happy birthday, C. S. Uh, he died August 7th, 1938. By the way, like I don't know this shit off the top of my head. I learned this in college, but a lot of this shit just kind of, just kind of. Just window the way so um you can look up this information online i'm just looking at it online but i learned about this um and this is a nice refresher um so he was born in moscow russia um and he started working in theater as as a fucking teen right um yeah he started doing it as a teenager um i, I had to fucking like 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 really like beg my mother just to get me into like this pseudo fucking acting class it turned out to be a commercial class it was really stupid but like like it, it was a lot for her to pay. What was it? $800 over the course of four months. My first acting class to get me in there. Like I really had to beg her. This motherfucker's parents were just like, oh, you want to be an actor? Facts, man. Like we got you. Um, and he co-founded the the infamous, uh, 
not gonna say infamous, the famous Moscow Art Theater in 1897. Um, and that's where he helped, um, he didn't help, he helped himself. He started to develop and the what we know today as method, method acting, and he, um, he printed three books, I believe, and I, an actor prepares, this is the first one, and the one we're gonna go over, I'm sorry, I'm burping, I just say. Uh, yeah, so he was born Constantine, uh, I'm not gonna try and pronounce his whole fucking name, holy shit. Um, and he, he was part of a wealthy clan who left theater. <laughs> Just again with, with the wealth. His, his maternal grandmother was a French actress and his father constructed a stage on the family's estate. His father constructed a stage on the family's estate. Motherfucker. <laughs> I wish my mother would construct a stage in the little patch of grass, grass we had in the projects. But she didn't, because we lived in the projects. And they probably would've been like, you can't do that here, public housing. Also, you wouldn't have money. Uh, no disrespect, ma, love you. Ah, uh, yes, he started acting at the age of 14, the ripe age of 14, just when he was hitting puberty. He knew, he knew. Uh, and he was joining the family circle, because in that family, you acted. In my family, we, we, uh, we participated in uh, street pharmaceuticals. So uh, I, I didn't do that. I didn't become an actor. So it would be funny actually if uh, if uh, if Constantine was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna start selling coke over here in Russia because it's a lot more lucrative than, than becoming an actor. But he did. He was in the he was in the family business. Um, he opened the Moscow Theater in. I already said that. I already said that. Fuck. Fuck when he opened it up. Um, all right, so let's just let's just dive into. Oh, before here's here's more context. So Stanis, uh, the Stanislavski method. Um, during the Moscow Art Theater years, Stanislavski worked on providing a, a, a guiding structure for actors to consistently achieve a deep, meaningful, and disciplined performance. Right? He what? Here's the genius of him. He just he saw his favorite actors and was like, like. He, he was curious about how they got to where they got. And at that moment, there wasn't a, a, a guided structure on how to achieve these performances the way, the way there are today. I mean, today you have, I mean, what's your action, what's your objective, all this. You have the Meisner technique, you have um, uh, sense memory, you have you have emotional recall, you have all, all these different things, right? You have all these different things that these theater practitioners worked throughout the entire fucking 20th century, all through the 1900s, to, to try and develop to, to make more better actors, I guess. I don't know what the, the overall thing with it. I think, I, think, uh, I think this guy was just obsessed with like trying to like find like how to become authentic on stage, right? And I think there's, there's validity in that. And I had to start somewhere. I mean, it probably wasn't gonna start from someone like that was in the poorhouse an immigrant or anything because they're probably trying worried about feeding their families as opposed to developing like a solid acting technique so thanks Constantine Stanislavski I appreciate you um yeah he just wanted authentic motion on stage he didn't want none of that that oh I'm sad or oh my god I'm in love or oh I'm happy right he didn't want any of that those uh picturesque uh caricature types he wanted authenticity authenticity and I think that goes a long way because um, I think when you see a performance of real depth, of real authenticity, it goes a long way. I mean, there, there's a synchronicity with the audience and the actor that's only achieved if the audience buys into what, what the actor is doing. Um, and it's not performative, it's authentic. And only through authenticity can you actually achieve what your goal is as an artist. And it's not to look good on stage, it's to, it's to help the audience escape for a moment, right? You, you want them to almost forget they're in a theater and just be so engaged with what you're doing, what's happening on stage in general, what the story is, and for them to think. You want them leaving the theater thinking. You want them leaving the theater mesmerized. You want them having questions, you know, maybe not agreeing completely, but you want it to develop conversation about the topic that you're saying. And I think the only way to do that is through authenticity. So with that being said, let's dive into some motherfucking bullet points about an actor prepares. I'm, I'm actually going to go through each chapter um, and we're going to start 
with, uh, with with just some general bullet points first, and then we're gonna dive into more chapters. We're not gonna do the whole fucking thing tonight. So we're gonna jump in, and I think we're gonna stop right before the the second chapter, which is imagination. So when actor prepares is actually an interesting, pretty uh, an interesting piece of text because other books, it's almost like. You're in a class and you're reading a, a transcript of, of what the teacher said. Um, this is not that. This is not that. So, like, the, if you ever read the Stella Adler book or if you ever read the Uta Hagen books, she's talking to you in the, in the first person, right? She's, she's, it's like she's, like, engaging with you. But it's not the same because you're reading a fucking, like, book, right? But an actor prepares. I think, I think what's genius about it is that you're reading a student's account of their lessons as they become an actor which it, i mean it, it's 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 fiction it's fiction right i mean it, it surrounds a fictional student in his first year learning the stanislavski acting system and his name um i believe his fucking name is pronounced tortsov i don't know Tor tortsov uh i'm gonna call him t because i'm not gonna pronounce tortsov i have been drinking buffalo trace um, yeah, so, um, it, it's, um, it, it's interesting because, because of that. And so as, as the chapters go on, the students make mistakes and they're, they're giving a prompt and then they try to achieve the prompt and then they make mistakes and then, and then, and then T goes about how the teacher corrected them and why he corrected them. And then in the correction of the students uh, execution of their of the scene or or the exercise is where you get the tidbits of knowledge is where you get the 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 nuggets of of knowledge of of i guess developing into a formidable actor yeah um yeah so so the whole thing focuses on mastering the craft of acting and stimulating the actors stimulating the actor's imagination Right. I mean, there's a, the whole, a whole fucking chapter of imagination. So let's jump into it. Um, so the first thing I wrote down, this is something that I, I thoroughly enjoy. And I would honestly recommend you picking up an actor prepares um, and going through it. And I mean, you're going to see these bullet points, but then just go through it for yourself and pick up what you think is um, important. Um, but quote from the book, the actor, like the soldier, must be subject to iron discipline. The actor, like the soldier, must be subject to iron discipline. Motherfuckers aren't disciplined anymore. And I see it all the time. Let me stop. Neither am I. I'm not disciplined as much as I should be. I think, I think people like recognize me for like my my grind my hustle but there are so many ways that i can improve there are so many ways that i can improve um and i try to but i see it in so many actors nowadays is uh they're not disciplined i see it especially with film actors there's something with film actors that just there's just a lack of discipline and theater actors have much more discipline because like when you go into a theater audition like you don't necessarily always have the sides up, right? I mean, especially if you're going for like a general audition, like you never go in like with your two monologues, your two contrasting monologues. You never go in with your two contrasting monologues on a fucking piece of paper and like cold rage your monologues. No, you come off book, you come prepared with what your objective is, what actions are, who you're talking to, all this stuff. And so the actor, like the soldier, must be subject to iron discipline. It's the very first bullet point I wrote down because I think it's the most prominent. And again, I'm not saying this like I'm all fucking high and mighty. No, no, no. These are things I have to focus on too. These are questions and these are bullet points that I deal with every single day. Every single day. So I think you should just be real with yourself. Do you have iron discipline? No? Succession. And then where is the where does the discipline come from? Like like what kind of discipline? Like what are you being disciplined about? Is it being off book? 
Is it the proper preparation for an audition? Is it the proper preparation for, I don't know, shooting for for the actual theater, right? Um, for, for when, for the actual theater, for when you actually um, go into a rehearsal process, are you off book? You know what I mean? I think, I think I get really fucking lazy when it comes to auditions because sometimes I think I can just like rely off of like, just like my quote unquote chops, like what you just have naturally, right? What you can bring when it just cold read. And so I come unprepared often. Sometimes I look at a side once the night before and be like, I got this. I got this. I don't got it. Sometimes I get away with it, which is never good. It's it's better when, when I don't get the when I don't get the job because then I, I then I learn my fucking lesson. Um, but I do come prepared for like theater rehearsals. Like if I book a gig, I book a motherfucking gig. Um, and I guess it all depends too on like, for me personally, like, do I have two weeks to go over this? How important is it to me? How, how excited am I about the project? All these things play a factor. And I think, I think it's great to exercise iron discipline all the time and not be selective about it. And again, I'm not speaking to anyone in particular. First of all, I don't know you. Um, yes, yes, my room is pink. Uh, I didn't choose the color. This is how I got it. Yes, yes, my room is pink. Moving on. So, um, yes, my room is pink. And I think every actor should have iron discipline, including myself. And maybe you do have iron discipline in, in certain aspects. Maybe you come off book but maybe you haven't necessarily gone over the sides enough to know what the fuck is going on. I think that's something that I've fallen into. I think sometimes I excuse being off book as actually being prepared. And if you have sides and they're not necessarily stressing that you should be off book, maybe maybe not focus on being off book. Maybe just focus on the subtext and like what you're saying, who you're talking to, like all these other things. And this is something I've been trying to shift into as well, because sometimes, again, I think being off book is like being ready to go. But it's not. It's not, fam. And I learned that in my class with Doug Wart. So if you're looking for a solid class, solid acting class, highly recommend, Doug. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Yeah, so what else do you have iron discipline in? Um, let's talk in terms of physicality. Like, do you treat your body the best way you can possibly treat it? Because you, your body's your temple, right? And, that, and that's very cliche, but as an actor, you're not behind a computer. You're not behind something that's not you. You are you, right? You you are you. Sounds so weird, but you are you, right? Your body is your tool. You don't come with the tool set. You are your fucking tool set. Um, you, you are your tool. So are you taking care of yourself? Are you putting the, the proper... Uh, <laughs> are you putting the proper food into your body, right? Are you... Are you, are you, are you under, are you drinking often? I don't drink often. Um, I drink when I do this podcast though. Um, soothing. Um, are you exercising enough, right? Are you flexible? I think I exercise a lot, but I'm not as flexible as I could be. I don't stretch out the way I, sh I should. And sometimes I feel it in my body and it kind of throws off everything in my body. So how, how do you have iron discipline, right? That's the first thing that I wrote down and like we're still talking about it because I, having iron discipline as an actor goes a long fucking way. Are you truly prepared like in in your voice when you go into a theater audition, right? Um, that shit hit me the other day. I, I, I uh, auditioned for Chance Theater for, um, what's that fucking place? <laughs> this is how prepared I came for this audition. Um, the elaborate entrance of Chad Deity. And uh, disclaimer, I really didn't want the role. Honestly, I didn't, but like, and I don't think I got it. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I didn't get it or because I think I didn't get it. I just, I honestly, I, I, I didn't want it. Um, but I should have come more prepared. And I didn't feel like it was in my voice. And it took me, it took me maybe like two reads of getting it in my voice. I was like down to the last three for like the selection of like who they wanted as the, the character. Um, whoever got it, if someone has been offered it already, congrats. Um, hope to see it. It's a dope play. It's about like wrestling. Um, but I didn't come prepared. So I didn't have iron discipline in that regard. And so I feel like that trickles over. So like, if you don't have iron discipline in like one thing, if you go out for something, just have fucking discipline for it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Where are you lacking iron discipline? Probably got it. No, probably not. I don't know. Uh, great. Uh, let's just move on to the next bullet point, right? So one more time, the actor, like the soldier, must be the subject, not be the subject, must be subject to iron discipline. Second one, this one, this one I fucking love. The first rehearsal is an event in an artist's life and he should retain the best possible impression of it. Let me read that again. The first rehearsal is an event in an artist's life and he should retain the best possible impression of it. I don't know about you, but the first rehearsal, the first gathering, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the first read through, it's it's an integral part of the process because you you hear everything for the first time. I'm sure like you're running you're driving yourself fucking crazy when you're just reading by yourself um, the script, but once you hear it for the first time, if you get the chance to have a read through, I mean sometimes when you do a movie you don't necessarily have the opportunity to do a read through. Um, I think the two feature films I did in the Bay, I didn't have an opportunity to do a read through. Um, but if you do have the opportunity to do a read through, it's it's a very important time to like really grasp everything, right? So like maybe maybe you don't necessarily have the feel of each character yet because you didn't see who's playing them, and that's an integral that's an intricate part. I mean, you you can have an idea of what that character might be, um, but you don't necessarily know. You don't have the feel of them yet, right? Also, just you want to make a solid impression, right? Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say like try to show off and like just like jerk off at the table and like try to do all this extra shit, right? Let's say the first read through play, but you also want to be prepared. You also want to make some choices, right? You want to make it look like you read the fucking play, um, especially if you've had it for like maybe a month or maybe there's a quick turnaround and you didn't have time to get the play, but just come prepared to an extent or as much as you can, right? And maybe it may come prepared to read, warm up before or read the fucking play read it at least once um the first rehearsal it's 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 a huge event right especially in theater right oh my god the first the first the first read through in a theater for a theater show is such a fun time because the producers the producers are there the designers are there um people who probably frequent the theater a lot are there um donors are there everyone is there and maybe it's a show where like you're not necessarily with everyone else that often and maybe it's the first time you're going to be or the last time you're going to be all together at once for a while you you just it's it's a, it's an important time not necessarily to to make an impression but just to legitimately just get a feel for everyone and make sure everyone gets the proper feel for you let me read this comment i'm just playing comment on your own read through Oh, apps. Interesting. No, definitely read the play when you're at home by yourself. I didn't know that there were apps for that. I would say take an opportunity to just read all the characters. Why the fuck not? Um, take an opportunity to just kind of just like play. Um, you don't necessarily... I, th I think something... Um, Gerald Friedman, um, you should read his book. Gerald Friedman actually says that... Uh, first couple times you read the play you shouldn't even like focus in on your character and that's something I've been trying to incorporate lately because uh because then you're not necessarily getting the grasp of the whole play so uh just read the play just read the play don't necessarily like um focus on your character focus on the play just read the whole play read every character so the first rehearsal was an event in an artist's life and he should retain the best possible impression of it I think we hit that Next bullet point is let us not forget how fucking racist. <laughs> oh, I wrote this shit down. <laughs> so <laughs> the first chapter, the character T Tortsov, he's he's trying to play Othello and he's a white Russian man. And he talks about how he put blackface on. And as I'm reading the first chapter, I almost was like, fuck this book. Like, I'm not even going to even like add this to the podcast. Fuck this shit. Like. He's putting on blackface, but then, then you also have to remember that this fucking thing was written in like 1936. No, was it 1936? 
I think it was published 1936. Either way, this was published in the early 1900s and it's racist as fuck. Um, the fact that he's putting on blackface um, to play Othello. I wrote fuck Constantine. Um, I'm not sure if he put that in there. Maybe his publisher was just like, that would be really dope, Constantine. If, if we just, if we just put on blackface, that'd be really dope. I don't think he said that. That'd be really weird if that's the conversation they had. Uh, great. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, uh, shout out Kayla May Paz Suarez. Um, great. So there's this, uh, the first lesson that happens is the, is the lesson after, after, after T after Tortsov goes into blackface. Um, and uh, so there's a lesson that he receives after portraying Othello and, and nailing a bit in the scene from, from his teacher. I don't know what the fuck I wrote. The feed is still live. I'm just trying to read my own writing. Oh, interesting, interesting. So this is what happened in the in the um, the play, um, not in the play, in the fucking book. So Tortsov T asked the teacher, he's like, he's like, yo, remember that one part I did in that scene? That was pretty solid, right? And the teacher's like, nah, fam, I don't. Then T is like, was that good acting or bad acting? And he was just like. You shouldn't be fucking worried about any moment in 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 the scene that you did. You sh you should, like the very best that can happen for an actor is he forgets everything that he did because he's not worried about moment to moment. He's not worried about what this moment looks like, what this moment looks like. He's just in it, right? So it's not for him to remember. It's not for him to like highlight in his own fucking head and have a highlight reel of like how the scene went for him. You're not supposed to notice how you feel. You're not supposed to notice anything. You're just trying to get somewhere, right? Maybe there's a moment where you kind of step back and you're like, whoa, you have to get right back into it, right? But the, but even then, like you're, you're so focused that that moment flashes like that. And so that's the first that's the first lesson that he gives them is that you shouldn't be worried about how you look in your performance. And I think I think that's such an important, important piece of, of information as an actor because I think often Often after we do something, we're like, oh, that didn't feel good. That didn't feel good. And it's not about how you feel. Maybe it didn't feel good, but maybe that's how it was supposed to feel. Or maybe you should just not be worried about how you feel about your performance and then you'll never feel that way, right? You, you just have to just do the performance. What is your objective? Go after it. Is your objective strong enough? No, try something else or actually play your objective harder. And it, there's it, that's it's it's such a broad generalization because sometimes like when you when I think of like playing my objective harder um, or when I used to think of playing my objective harder I would think of like louder more mean right no 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 just playing your objective harder doesn't necessarily mean more aggressively just it means play your objective harder what are you going after are you playing every tactic that you can are you playing the strongest tactic that you can um, no change it try something else. And so that's the first lesson he, he gets is like, it's not about how you feel. It's, it's, it's just, just play it. Just play it. Trey. The great actor should be full of feeling, especially he should feel the thing he is portraying. He must feel an emotion not only once or twice while he is studying his part, but to a greater or lesser degree every time he plays it. This can be tricky because it's not necessarily about feeling emotion, but it's more about just making sure that every time you play the part, I think, it's coming from within. You're actually feeling it as opposed to trying to show it. That doesn't mean you should just be overacting everything, but... 
Oh shit, okay, so for some reason this audio cut off and uh, what's going to be on this podcast is going to be different than what you saw on IG Live, but we're going to pick up the notes um, from uh, from wherever we pick up the motherfucker notes. Uh, so the last quote I, I went off on was, uh, I didn't go off on it. Um, the great actor should be full of feeling, especially he should feel the thing he is betraying. He must feel an emotion not only once or twice while he is studying his part, but to a greater or lesser degree every time he plays it. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that quote, now that we have a, a, essentially a second jab at it, but like if you're listening, the first jab, it's just, it's just there, it has to come from somewhere. The, the, char- the character's motivation has to come from somewhere. And you don't have to always be full of it, but it has to be present. I'm just, I've been burping all night. Unfortunately, this is not in our control. Our subconscious is inaccessible to our consciousness. We cannot enter that realm. If for any reason we do penetrate it, then the subconscious becomes conscious, dies. I think that means that we just can't be too internal about everything that we're, we're doing because then it becomes part of our consciousness and not only does that die that impulse that 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 live stream of flow but also then we get in our heads about it and then we're not present on stage and then we just seem like we're just indulging on the interior of whatever the fuck is going on in our mind and i mean if you've seen really bad acting that's probably part of it like it's just like it becomes conscious and then it dies and then but they're trying to hold on to it and then they just they're trying to push an emotion it just it's just fucking awful to watch um this calls for extremely complicated work, partly carried on under the control of our consciousness. You goddamn right it's complicated. Acting is a complicated sport. It is really hard because it's such a paradox. And I think these initial three, six, nine, twelve bullet points explain why. Because it's like it has to be subconscious. But it can't be conscious. If you if you think if it becomes conscious, then it then it's too much. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's so fucking weird. Um, yeah, essentially just, just let the natural stream of whatever comes from your subconscious flow without thinking about it too much. Just let it happen. You know what I mean? It's, it's just not holding on to whatever it's coming out because like, I mean, when our subconscious happens in real life, like, are we thinking about it? Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Um, but it's, it's not interesting to watch on stage. It's always interesting when we're always going after something, right? As soon as somebody becomes very like introverted, they become less interesting to watch. Or maybe they're doing something so concentrated on what's happening that then they become interested to watch. But the thing is that it has to be active, right? So like, <sighs> tricky one. It's hard to explain. This is why I'm not an acting teacher. I actually am for kids. Um, that's much easier. We are supposed to create under inspiration. Only our subconscious gives us inspiration. Yet we apparently can only use the subconscious through our consciousness, which kills it. To rouse your subconscious to creative work, there is a special technique. We must leave all that is in the fullest sense subconscious to nature and address ourselves to what is within our reach. When the subconscious, when intuition enters into our work, we must know how not to interfere and i said this on the ig live but i think i think this this is the key to acting it's like the subconscious when it comes into our work we must learn how not to interfere when an impulse comes we must learn how not to stop that impulse from happening when you know a a sudden sense of inspiration or something happens on stage that's truly quote-unquote organic we must learn not how not to interfere with it and i think that's some of the best acting training is not necessarily how to act, but like how not to interfere with what's just gonna happen if we do the work, if we fill out that template. Um, sometimes when there's an impulse on stage, you stop yourself because you're thinking about it too much, as opposed to just doing it. You know? Like right now, I just had the impulse to like shrug my shoulders. Um, and then I started thinking about it and then I got really conscious about it. Um, that's, a bad, that's a bad example. But I'm saying it, it's just, 
There's a natural flow of energy, like when you're really going after after an objective on stage, when you're really active, when you're really doing something. And as soon as you start thinking about it, then it becomes conscious. And that subconscious becomes conscious and it dies because you're thinking about it. And then you no longer become interesting to watch. And then you're also like off of the tracks of what, what you were doing. And like, maybe you can come back from it. Maybe, I mean, a good actor probably can, because again, we're all human and I'm pretty sure no actor is perfect and no actor is constantly not killing their subconscious. But it's just, it's, it's, the, it's the constant like ebb and flow of like, maybe realizing it and then just getting back, realizing it and then just getting back. It's just like life, right? It's just like life. Like sometimes we get really subconscious, you know, about what we do. We get conscious about what we do subconsciously. And maybe that causes embarrassment, right? But then we get back to, but then like to get back into the flow of the world, we have to just get back into our consciousness and we just have to get back into what we're doing. Um, yeah, acting is complicated. One cannot always create subconsciously. First, we have to create consciously and rightly that will best prepare us for the blossoming of subconsciousness. And that's, that's, that's what I'm saying about the work, about getting the objective, about finding out what your tactics are, about finding out what the fucking play is about. Because we have to create our version of this, of what we're gonna bring to this play, of what we're gonna bring to this character. And that's all conscious work, because like you're thinking about, again, objectives and, and tactics and like character relationships. And all that is going to feed the subconscious, which is then going to flow naturally through you while you're playing the scene because of all the work you did consciously. You know what I mean? Um, you know what Stanislavski means, technically, because he wrote this. Um, the more you have conscious creative moments, the more chance you will have a flow of inspiration. Yeah, man. It's, it's just... It really takes solid construction of proper preparation for the actor to actually have a solid flow of inspiration that comes subconsciously. It's not just going to come, right? I mean, first of all, you have to build the work to do it. So it's not like it's just going to come and you just have to like stop yourself from actually like stopping your subconscious. No, it's not there. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work for the character. You have to figure out as much as you can about this character for that to come out naturally. Um, and then you have to learn how to not interfere with it. It's a lot of work being an actor. A lot, a lot, a lot of work. Um, but also, I feel like when we think about all this work, we, we overthink being an actor, and then that's what interferes with the subconscious. So much like learning your objective and your tactics, you do all this work to essentially throw it away, right? But you can't throw it away unless you do all the work. Seems kind of productive. Seems oxymoronic. It's not. You may play well and badly, but you must above all else play truly. You must play well and badly, but you must above all else play truly. I think that goes into actors and how we think we look when we do things. I fall into this trap all the time. Excuse me, I had a I fall into this trap all the time because sometimes I think about like how I looked when I did something. And when I think about that, that subconscious, I, you know, I interfere with the subconscious flow. I interfere with just being able to construct a character for that subconscious flow to even come out. And then I'm also not playing truly. And sometimes like, I, I, I always look my worst when I feel like I'm trying to look my best. That makes any sense. So if I feel like I played a scene badly, I will then like try to like overthink it, and then I look even worse because I'm overthinking it, um, as opposed to just playing it truly. When I feel ugly and the most vulnerable, and it, it probably looks the best and feels the best when I play it quote unquote ugly and vulnerable. And sometimes, unfortunately, I I, I associate ugliness and vulnerability together as one, but it's not. It's not. Um, you will see it in your work. If you're playing truly, if you're truly vulnerable, you will truly see it. Um, but then the trick is not to strive for that, right? Just continue to play vulnerable. Um, you can play bad. You can look bad while you're doing it. You think you look bad, but are you playing truly? And if you're playing truly, it doesn't really matter how you fucking look. Um, because that's what's going to be most captivating for the audience, which is the most important thing. It's not for you. It's for the audience. To play truly means to be right, 
logical, coherent, to think, strive, feel, and act in unison with your role. To play truly means to be right, logical, coherent, to think, strive, feel, and act in unison with your role. So for all this genuineness that I think is involved with being an actor, it doesn't matter if it's not within the confines of your role. Is, is this genuine to your character? Is this genuine to the person written in this play? Because it can be true, but what if it's not necessarily the character, right? So then that's another layer. It's like, you can be true, but are you being true to this character? Um, and I think the trick to that is that you always bring a part of yourself to the character. So as long as you can fit it within the confines of the text, then you pretty much have free reign to like be as true as you want to you within the confines of the character because you're always bringing yourself to the character and your character is always going to be different than anyone else's character because your truth is different than other people's truth the only thing that's similar between you and the other person is is the context of the play the lines being said the relationships in the play but you can bring everything else to it so to play as your character means to be right logical coherent to think strive feel and act in unison with your character so everything has to be within the confines of the character you can learn how to be true. You can learn how to be like, not interfere with your subconscious, but is it within the confines of your character? The actor's job is not to present merely the external life of his character. He must fit his own human qualities to the life of this person and pour it into all of his own soul. That beautifully jumps off of what we just talked about. You're not just presenting the external life of this character, how they walk, but you're fitting your own persona. You're fitting your own experiences to a huge extent to this person. Um, one of the best acting exercises that I got, shout out Doug Warrett because he gave it to me, was writing down your similarities and differences between you and your character. There's gonna be a lot of similarities, gonna be a lot of differences. Maybe there's not a lot of similarities, maybe there's not a lot of differences but there's gonna be something there that's gonna connect you. And what you're essentially trying to do is you're trying to bridge the gap between you and the character. You're trying to bridge the gap between you and the character because every time you play a character, you're not getting lost in the character. You're finding parts of yourself in that character and then you're honing in on that, right? So let's say you're playing, I don't know, maybe you're playing like a convict. What parts of you would be convict? Or would be convict? What parts of you are similar to being a convict? Like, I mean, why did you commit the crime? Was it for your family? Are you passionate about your family? You know what I mean? Is that why the character did it? Are you passionate about your family personally? Um, that's, a, that's a similarity. Then you can find yourself in the context of this criminal who committed a crime for his family because you love your family that much, right? And that's a similarity. You just bridge the gap right there. You know, it's, a, it's one bridge. Maybe you can find other bridges, but you're, you're, you're not just presenting the external life that's a character. You're, I mean, you're, you're legitimately putting yourself into the character, right? You're not getting lost in the character. You're finding your the character within yourself and then you're bringing it to life um and on that note um because i finished it on ig um and we're at about an hour uh i'm gonna leave you with those notes for today um i would strongly strongly suggest that you you pick up the the book an actor prepares and then and go over it and then um and then we're gonna jump into the next group of uh uh um bullet points that i have right here um this is all from the first chapter all from the first chapter, um, which the first chapter, just for context, the first chapter is called the first test. Oh, no, no, when I, no. The first three chapters are called the first test when acting is an art and action. Um, so we're gonna finish that because I grouped all three of those into one, and then we're gonna jump into uh, imagination, which is the which is the next chapter that I actually have like noted down. Um, but the first three chapters, uh, it's it's just a lot of like tidbits of like goodness and nuggets of like knowledge about acting, and I think it's all really valuable. I think it's ridiculously valuable. And um, again, I have my problems with the book, but this is. This is the essence of what being a, a good actor is. I think just in these first, what do we cover? 12 bullet points. I mean, that is that is a solid foundation for anyone. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read all of them one more time. 
The great actor should be full of feeling, especially he should feel the thing he is portraying. He must feel an emotion not only once or twice while he is studying his part, but to a greater or lesser degree every time he plays it. Unfortunately, this is not in our control. Our subconscious is inaccessible to our consciousness. We cannot enter that realm. If for any reason we do penetrate it, then, this, then the subconscious becomes conscious and dies. This calls for extremely complicated work, partly carried out under the control of our consciousness. We are supposed to create under inspiration. Only our subconscious gives us inspiration. Yet we apparently cannot use this subconscious through our consciousness. Sorry. Yet we apparently can only use the subconscious through our consciousness, which kills it. Uh, let me read the whole thing again. We are supposed to create under inspiration. Only our subconscious gives us inspiration. Yet we apparently can only use this subconscious through our consciousness, which kills it. To rouse your subconscious to creative work, there is a special technique. We must leave all that is in the fullest sense subconscious to nature and address ourselves to what is within our reach. When the subconscious, when intuition enters into our work, we must know how not to interfere. One cannot always create subconsciously. First, we have to create consciously and rightly that will best prepare us for the blossoming of subconscious. The more you have conscious creative moments, the more chance you will have a flow of inspiration. You may play well and badly, but you must, above all else, play truly. To play truly means to be right, logical, coherent, to think, strive, feel, and act in unison with your role. The actor's job is not to present merely the external life of his character. He must fit his own human qualities to the life of this person and pour it into all of his own soul. That is the Free Lunch Factors podcast. I will see you on the next episode.